Hey there, this is Jonah with Gray Area. Welcome to our series Spotlight, where our mission is to build a bigger and more united house music community by sharing new and exciting artists, festivals, and event brands with you. In this interview, you'll hear from Black Circle, a rising star from Switzerland poised to continue his breakout in 2021. Be sure to like this video and subscribe for more interviews like this. So for, for our, our listeners who, who don't know you by face, uh, I'm here today with AJ, uh, artist named Black Circle. Uh, AJ has really come up in the last couple of years. Um, you obviously did not start producing for the first time in 2019. So yeah. we'll get in, we'll get into the whole thing. Um, okay. first question I just want to start off with is, can you point to a time or just a, a moment maybe that you remember where you felt like you kind of fell in love with dance music or decided that pursuing music production was for you yeah uh well i mean i'm a i'm a hip-hop kid i grew up with the whole uh nw nwa uh tupac biggie east west coast uh thing and i got around 2005 in touch with dance music and the first track i heard when when me and my friends went out clubbing there was this remix from moose t and I've been all the time listening and it got me, but I still was like totally against dance music at that time. It, it was hard for me because it was, I mean, of course, back in the days, hip hop was a big genre, you know, and, and now dance music, it, 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 it became so big. And, and the thing is that um, it was, I got into it. Uh, yeah. Around, 2005 and it started step by step sneaking and uh yeah around that time awesome so, yeah I, I, it's funny i think i had a very similar experience kind of being like deep into the hip-hop and rap world and totally, i don't know what totally. it is it's like some sometimes a lot of people have that where they they start out there and then transition they um, start somewhere and end up totally in a different corner, but I mean, that's life. <laughs> yeah. So uh, obviously, as you, as you just mentioned, you know, NWA was a big one for you. Outside of that, you know, do you remember what kind of music you were listening to as a, as a kid and what was maybe playing in the house? Yeah, the thing is, I started with, with I mean, I'm from Switzerland and we had this uh, Swiss DJs here and I started to listen more to them, you know, because I didn't know all this, big artists like Louis Vega and uh, Martin's brothers. And, you know, I didn't know them. So I, I, I started to listen to them and didn't have any clue of house music. Just, I just liked what they play and start to get interest about the music. And that's how I got involved in this. And, uh, to be honest, I, I never followed artists i always followed the sound i always wanted to to know because i started before i started djing i started with producing music and i wanted to know how can i do a tone how do get how does the tone get out from from a synthesizer how do i bend the tone and just do my own melody and and yeah just these kind of things i don't i was not like into artists at that time yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I think 
especially, I mean, it's funny though, because some like the guys you just mentioned, like Louis Vega and the Martinez brothers, it, it kind of makes sense in terms of you transitioning later, from that yeah, hip hop sound. Like, but that came still later. I mean, yeah. So I just I was really interested in the music to do by myself uh, and just to create something that comes hundred percent from me, you know. And yeah, it, I mean, I'm doing that since two thousand eight. I started with producing. I mean, with totally shitty programs, you know, like uh, there was this uh, music maker on Windows 95. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. And they had their, it, there was a sequencer with a VST and just like that. But I mean, that's the first steps I, I did, you know, how to learn producing. And I didn't have a clue what is mastering, what is MIDI. Didn't I didn't know anything, so... <laughs> Uh, it's, yeah. I mean, it's a journey, and I think the world of music production is is a very deep one, and uh, there's definitely a lot of levels to it. I'm just curious, obviously, as you mentioned, you started producing first. Um, do you remember kind of when you were first introduced it, uh, introduced to the art of DJing, and do you have a memory of like the first time you ever played, whether it was a real show or just like for your friends? Yeah, well... As I mentioned before, uh, there was this uh, Swiss DJ, local DJ, and I mean he was he had a back like ten years ago or even more. He had uh, his hype here in Switzerland, and he heard some stuff that I did. I just put them out on YouTube. Um, uh, didn't even had a clue what is a label or you know, and he heard that from somewhere, and then he texted me on Facebook, I guess. And I went to his agency back in the days and he wanted, for me, it was a big thing. I mean, I was shaking when I w went there and I thought like, yes, I did it. <laughs> <laughs> He's inviting me and telling everyone and it's a big thing for me and, you know, totally buzzing. And when I was, when I went there, um, yeah, he, he offered me stuff and, you know, I'm going to make you big and this and that. And he gave me the first gigs actually then. And uh, I think my first gig, I totally fucked it up <laughs> because uh, I didn't know what is a CDJ. I just went there and the mix was terrible. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, yeah, that's the first experience I had. <laughs> and it was that's a real really club. It was a real club. I was... Uh, I had my vinyls with me, but I just wanted to, to to look good and cool, you know, put my CD in and try to mix with vinyl and with CD and everything. What the big DJs did, I wanted to do the same, but totally screw it. <laughs> Man, that's funny. I know it, it, it can be tough too, because when you're starting out, like the CDJs, you know, are obviously kind of the industry standard, but as any, you know, if, if you just do a quick Google, it's like, they're really expensive. And so it can be hard uh -huh. to like learn how to use them. Um, exactly. If you, you know, if you don't know anyone who owns them, <laughs> uh, I'm just curious, you know, as someone who, you know, obviously your current project has started more recently. Uh, I'm not sure exactly, you know, how much you've toured under that name, but I was just yeah. wondering if there are any venues or festivals that to you are just very iconic that you would love to play well i've played at uh in romania there is this festival called never see festival 
It was huge. And I've played there with Black Coffee, Tale of Us, uh, many other, they, they had so many stages with uh, also pop artists uh, like uh, Sean Paul and Lost Frequencies and stuff like that, you know. And uh, yeah, that was definitely one of, of one for the books was a great experience. And, but you know, sometimes, I mean, I, I've also played uh, on, on private parties and uh, in a big villa, you know, with uh, Matthias Tanzmann. And to be honest, that, that was something like very special to me. It was like something that I won't forget again, because it, you know, you're, it's, it's more private. You're, you're with friends, with your people. And yeah, that experience was great. <laughs> no, absolutely. I think, uh, the, because, you know, because when you're, I mean, when I played first time at this huge festival, I was kind of nervous and looking back to my manager was with me and I was look, looking back to him. Shit. Am I going, am I going to do it right? And she, he was like, always thumbs up. Yeah. Yeah. Just do your thing. <laughs> and I was pissing myself in front of thousands of people. <laughs> yeah. yeah, man. I, I, it's funny because I think the, uh, the whole like private show at the villa thing has become a bit of a like internet phenomenon where you, you know, you have these guys like black coffee or Solomon who exactly. there's always videos of them playing these shows. And I think like it's every electronic music fans dream, you know, to be at one of these things, um, exactly. yeah. you know, just kind of looking back, uh, you know, for those that don't know, essentially, I think in about 2019, um, you started, you, what is now your current project, you know, the black circle project, but exactly. I'm just wondering, as you alluded to, obviously, you know, you kind of first picked up this music in 2005 and you started producing in 2008. Um, exactly. well, I'm wondering if you could just tell me a little bit about, you know, what kind of music you were making then? It, it was, uh, it was actually always an up and down. I worked for many, uh, artists, international DJs and, well back in the days before black circle and for me i just wanted to get the chance to get out i wanted i, I wanted the chance to to show the people what i can do and just uh show them what i love to do and it was hard to be honest because i mean <clears throat> i didn't have any contacts even if i was working with those people it was not really that what I wanted, you know, but somehow you have to get into it. And it was for me, it was also life of school, you know, because the whole experience I've did with, with these people um, was, was a good lesson in a positive way, of course. And um, I was doing a lot of pop music, electronic, pop electronic, uh, different different kind of music deep house uh, house music and uh, and that's how i got in, involved into this and uh until uh 2019 as i said before it was an up and down uh once i stopped with music because of many problems i had and uh also the mo motivation I, I was not motivated texting every labels uh texting the labels and uh 
yeah, just just to wait for an answer. It was for me, ah, you know, producing. It was like producing for nothing. Well, not for nothing, but in a way, it was for nothing because if there is nobody that can hear your music, you know. So for me, it, it was very hard, and uh, yeah, it's. I couldn't. How how should I tell you? I couldn't. Uh, it was not reachable for me. You know, and that's why I stopped for five years before I uh, went back to black. Before I uh, did Black Circle, and after five years, um, I mean, I was working at the airport. I had a regular job. Had my ex girlfriend um, at that time. She didn't like my music. Uh, well, not my music, but she didn't like uh, me with the idea of DJing. You know, and that's the thing. So. Uh, I had to do something because I wasn't happy. I wasn't happy at all with my life. And I had to do a big change. I mean, I come from a culture which it's it's not, a, that is not accepted. I mean, well, now it's different, but before, I mean, my parents, they wanted me to go get a regular job, be a doctor or a lawyer, you know, and yeah. I, I I knew since day one what I wanted to do, but didn't have the support. And after that, when I quit with everything, it was it came that day when I said like, "Hey, it's enough. It's enough. I'm not happy. I want to be happy again. I want to do music again." And uh, yeah, and in that time, it's funny that my friend, which is my manager now, uh, he came and asked me, "Hey, uh, if you want." you should do music again uh, i gonna manage, uh, manage you and i knew that he's been also in the scene and um yeah so that was a one chance opportunity for me absolutely i mean i think you know it, your your background is super interesting and i think that story is is really great because well obviously it was tough and challenging for you at points but you know you're it's like you're working on this thing that you want to love but you're not able to create the music that really matters to you yeah i mean didn't have any any budget i didn't have the money to 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 build my own studio so i had to go to other people's studio but in the same time i had to do my stuff and their stuff and yeah as simple as it is if you don't produce for them, you cannot use the studio, you know? So it was like in a trap. So, but as I said before, it was a good experience, a good lesson. It helped me a lot. And um, yeah, I mean, I didn't study music. I did, I learned everything by myself and uh, yeah. Step awesome. By step, well, you know, as you obviously said, you know, you thank, thankfully you decided to start this black circle project and uh it's it's interesting because you know if you just if you don't have the background uh it's kind of like who's this guy making like really complex music immediately oh, and then obviously now you know we know like you've been you've been producing for you know years so you obviously have you know a lot of experience in it uh, i'm just curious um especially some of the earlier stuff you put out, whether it was like Autumn or Foolish kind of in the first yeah. half of 2019, you know, both of these tracks have this just like really amazing slow roll effect, you know, very melodic. It shows kind of that depth well, of knowledge on production. And I, I saw that you, you posted a picture in like 2018 of you on stage 
like watching Steven Bodson. And so I, I was just curious, kind of, who, <laughs> was he, was he one of the main influences on you and what pushed you mm. to go in that direction? Um, yes and no, because I mean, I had a, yeah, I had a, I mean, Bodson is a, a legend yeah. and, uh, and, but that time I was still trying to find myself, you know, I went to these gigs and watching the big DJs and artists and producers, what they're doing. And, but I have to tell you, it's at that time, I still, I knew I had the know-how to produce, but it was not, I, it was not completed. It was like 99%, you know? And even when I did the track autumn, it, it was not the quality I wanted because when you can hear when from, from autumn until now, it's, it's, it gets always up more up, up. And, uh, and after autumn, when I did foolish from, from foolish on, I think the the whole quality and my, 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 uh, sound, uh, my sound, uh, how do you call it? My sound, uh, the whole sound changed, you know? So even, even my masterings, my mixings, they work, they got better and better. So, yeah, but I didn't, I, I didn't have a uh, specific uh, produ- uh, artist that, that I got influenced by. Um, it's just like, I just love the music and yeah, just wanted to do my own thing, you know? And I also, I'm not really into, I don't follow any genre. It's like, of course, the people know me more for Afro, this kind of Afro house, but as you can hear, I did also uh, many other stuff with Matthias Tanzmann or Youssef that is not Afro house. So I can produce almost everything. I was I would like to do uh, move, uh background uh sound for movies that would be interesting <laughs> oh that would be awesome man i i, I mean it's funny you say that because to give it a try <laughs> yeah i mean i i i'm pretty sure uh dead mouse has gotten into that recently and you know it's like who else is better to do it than somebody who's already like making electronic music right but i think exactly. what you um, what you're saying about you know that development it's definitely something that i was hearing and you know, the response to your music almost immediately was pretty overwhelming. Um, you know, I, those tracks you put out in 2019, obviously the first ones, I think your reaction to them is kind of typical of, of most people I talk to where when, when artists look back at the first thing they put out, they're like, Oh, like, yeah. I don't even want to think about that. But, you know, you finished the year with this, like, Eli and Fur and Juna Deep remix, the Camel Fat remix. You know, you put a song out with Moon Harbor. What did it mean to you to just kind of have this sign off, you know, so quickly in validation? And, um, I couldn't even imagine in my dreams um, to get there. Um, I, I always talk to my friend, which is all the time with me in the studio, and which is important that I have him here because he gives me always this motivation and sometimes he gives me the right direction. Now nah, I just do it like that. Maybe it's better, you know? And, uh, and I was talking back to him and told him, bro, uh, imagine to do a track with Nick Fanciulli, for example. And he, he was always 
because he's very realistic and he was like yeah it would be cool and i mean it it was far away from my uh, imagination and um yeah just it, it's it's i mean first time when when uh black coffee played foolish i mean i was jumping here in the studio <laughs> like crazy and i was happy and couldn't even believe it, believe it what happened and also nick when also nick fanchuli played the track and it were it was sorry it was something that i never thought it would happen so i mean i think it, it can be uh validating and you know a sign that you know what you're doing and the art you're putting out is respected um yeah yeah well when i saw nick fanciuli uh he even posted my track foolish on his instagram story and i saw that and uh the next one i saw him playing it in mexico so i texted him and just to say thank you for your support and he was like, uh, write one, write me one for saved. And I was like, oh my God, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and of course I did that. And the funny story is, so I'm going to tell you now how the whole thing came together with Matthias and Nick. And it's, it's actually a funny story. So, uh, I did this track journey after that for, for Nick Fanciuli. And, um, but I gave it first. There was this guy that that works for black coffee he texted me during that time and he was like hey if you have any new tracks uh just send over for black coffee and of course i did that and before like one month before journey came out or even earlier i saw that he was playing it at his parties in ibiza at high club every saturday and this felt like oh my god what is happening you know <laughs> it was something that i mean i couldn't even imagine so after that when it tried when journey came out it went uh in less than a week uh number one in the beatport charts and uh couldn't believe it of course and after that I asked, no, then I saw the, you know, I, I saw that Matthias Tanzmann played also the track and I also texted him, which I never thought he would respond. Um, texted it, well, just to say thank you, you know, and then he was like, uh, yeah, just send me, send me uh, some, send me some of your stuff for Moon Harbor. And I was straight just asking him, hey, let's do one together. Of course, I didn't expect accept him to say yes and he was like let's do two together because i'm doing an also an album and i was like oh shit what is happening <laughs> <laughs> and all the time some some news came i was jumping like an idiot here in my studio and you know it it's that's the special moments it's like this process going slowly step by step up it was a it was a process that that i you won't forget and um yeah and but during the, I think I asked also Nick the same time to do a collaboration. And Nick was like, yeah, I, uh, he didn't say no, but he was like, uh, I have, uh, I have some stuff going on now, maybe in September. And I was like, okay. And then the track, which I did with Matthias went also number one on Beatport. And then Nick texted me. He was like, hey, let's get this doing. Uh, let's get it on. 
And yeah, I we did two tracks together, Leap of Fate and the Breakfast Club. What went also one, one and two. <laughs> and the, yeah, that was something that I, I mean, it, it's like you're dreaming and uh, hoping that you don't wake up, but it was real. So <laughs> <laughs> crazy, really crazy. And that's how the whole uh, reaction came. I, I, I've got accepted from many good DJs and artists in the in the in the game, and also with with uh, Camel Fat. I mean, that's yeah, I really appreciate it, of course, and it's a big support um, for me. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think again, just like you know, part of the reason why I love your story is uh, often it can be easy from a, a fan perspective or just, you know, from somebody who is also trying to break through to look at someone like you and be like, Oh, he just started in 2019. And like, it just exactly. all, it they, all happened. And it's like, no, yeah. exactly. You know, I there's mean, a decade of this. I mean, look, uh, the whole way is, a. Uh, it has a lot of good moments, dramas, ups and downs. And, um, of course, it's not easy for everyone. It's not easy in everything. What you do, if you want to reach something, it's not easy. You have to fight for it. And that's what I did. I went against anybody that, that tried to stop me from the, from doing what I love, even, even with my family. And I mean, I I'm good with my family now, but at, during that time, I, but of course I understand them that, as I mentioned before, they, they want they would just wanted the best for me but just kept going and yeah it's not easy and and even with my best friend which is all the time with me in the studio he was like when we started this uh black circle he was like hey okay you have a manager now so do your music you have to stay in the studio i'm gonna work for you you just keep making music i want you to make it and that's what we did. I mean, I was 24-7 in the studio, stuck in the studio, slept in the studio, didn't get out. Uh, yeah, that's how it started. It's awesome, we, man. I mean, it was really from scratch. We didn't have anything. So no contacts, no studio, and just step by step making our own stuff. That's how it came up. So as, as you mentioned, obviously, you know, as you kind of got into uh, 2020, you had a couple of these big collabs with Matthias and with Nick Fantrulli. Uh, I'm just yeah. curious, you know, for someone like you, who obviously is, you know, an expert with the production side, what's the process like, or how is it different, you know, when you're working with somebody else versus just creating on your own? Um, well, first of all, um, I mean, if you have to, you have to click with this person. If you don't feel the person, I mean, I told Matthias, Nick, uh, and all these other guys, hey, it's important for. I don't care who you are. It's for me. It's if you're a, if you're a good person, I can work with you. I mean, it's not just about business, you know. If you're not on the same wave, so that's the first thing that should be uh, in everything, and. Um, but it, it the same as as with Matthias or Nick Fanciulli. It's 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 that's why I love to work with them. It's uncomplicated and and we click together. I make something, send it back to Matthias or Nick or Andrea Oliva, 
and they send it back and we there was not once when we said um i don't like that it's we're pretty on the same wave you know and yeah that's how we kept doing music that's great um you know as you got a little further into 2020 um one of the ones you mentioned earlier, the the Paris EP with Youssef, uh, you put out Runner, What For. Uh, I felt like just listening from my perspective, some of these tracks started to go a little bit more towards like that four on the floor sound, a little less like melodic and deep like some of your earlier yeah. stuff was. I'm curious, you know, was there something that you were hearing or, you know, what what prompted kind of this change in your sound? Yeah. Mm, the thing is, as I said before, that I don't, I, I'm not, I don't like to to follow any genre and just to stick to this genre. I like to produce. Well, of course, you cannot. I, I wouldn't make now from Afro house to absolutely techno banging music. It, you know, but I mean, I like tech house. I like techno. I like Afro house. So I just wanted to to make something that, and also to show the people, hey, his. He's not just into Afro house. He can do pretty much more. So, yeah. And in the in the end, I just do what I what I like without getting influenced or or sometimes I feel like making pop and yeah, that's what I do just for me or play piano or you know, um, yeah. When it comes to performing, obviously, I'm sure it's been a little while. But uh, when when you do have the opportunity to DJ, uh, is there kind of a style that you like to go in or does it just depend on, you know, where you're it's, playing it's, and who's around it's, you? It's a mix. It's a mix between Afro house and tech house. Yeah. It's pretty much forward sound and yeah, something like that. Nice. Well, I, as I, uh, as I mentioned earlier, obviously just had the opportunity to talk to Dan with moon Harbor. Um, yeah. You put, you put a lot of music out with them in 2020. I don't know if it was like four or five different releases, but you know, a, a handful, I was wondering if you could just tell us about your relationship with that team, obviously, you know, Matthias, as you mentioned, but I mean, what yeah. is it about that label that, you know, has allowed you to just kind of make it a home? Yeah. I mean, Matthias, uh, when I started to meet Matthias, um, it's it's crazy because uh, first we started to co collaborate together and now we became really good friends together. I mean, he calls me every time he comes here to Zurich and he's like every second week in Zurich <laughs> and calls me, hey, what are you doing? And I'm like, oh, <laughs> get here. And uh, I mean, it's a, I love the guys. They're, they're amazing and... Uh, I mean, it's a big honor also to work with with such great people, and uh, yeah, Mat Matthias. I mean, he he's he's such a funny guy, amazing. I mean, we've been uh, together. We played together in Ibiza. The, when was that? Last year. Yeah, it was a private party, and um, yeah, it's just it's just uh, amazing to work with with such great people, you know. And what can be better? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, as I was just going through all your stuff, uh, I think this year has been a little quiet for you on the release yeah. side. Um, if correct me if I'm wrong, but I I believe are you working on absolutely. an album? So uh, what's 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 in the future for you here? Yeah, the thing is, uh, I started to work uh, on an album, but you know, I didn't want to rush about. Um, 
I just want to take my time and do uh, the right moves for my own album. But uh, in, in the meantime, I also did, I have a lot of new collabs coming, also new tracks from myself. And there is one track, it, this is something that means a lot to me and it's very special I did with Nick Fanciulli. It's a kind of pop song, electronic indie UK dance. And uh, I I did that with Nick when we got in lockdown. We were supposed to we were uh, supposed to play in Miami, 2020. I feel like 10 years, but it was last year. <laughs> and uh, in March we were supposed to play there uh, at Wall Club together. And after that we got in lockdown, and there is this track which we started to do together. And he was like, bro, we need to make something that makes people happy because, you know, the whole scene got that shut down and there was any perspective. And yeah, and then we did this track and and that's one of the tracks that I'm really looking forward. But as I mentioned before, uh, also with Andrea Oliva, there, uh, there, there is a track coming with him, I think in September. We still have to look about the release, but now for now it's September and yeah, a lot of producing new tracks. It's awesome. Um, you know, going forward, obviously, as you mentioned, Matthias and Nick Fanchuli, outside of those two guys, is there anyone that you would just absolutely love to get into the studio with or, you know, play back to back with? I think uh, it would be uh, cool to be with who? Kind of music guys, they're amazing. I love them. I love their music. They are really good. Uh, but of course, also I'm a, I'm also a huge fan of Calvin Harris. I mean, he's he's uh, he's a big musician to me, um, and I just love what he does. You know, and of course, it's totally he's more in the pop culture uh, involved. But still, I mean. I'm still a huge fan of him and it would be definitely interesting to sit with him in the studio. Definitely. Yeah, man. His, I, I, I'm, you know, it's the same way where like, I feel like even if you're more into the underground stuff, like every Calvin Harris track still just like is really good. And his, uh, the lover generator stuff. You cannot complain about him. He is, uh, also Calvin Harris, Paul Wolford, I mean, they're great producers, Diplo. I mean, yeah. Yeah. So all of them are great. Definitely. And well, and also accepted in the whole business. Yeah, it's it's really cool to see guys like that, you know, be able to do kind of side projects or go in different directions and people are people are into it. Um, I'm curious, obviously, you know, you put music out with a, a handful of different labels, um, you know, all really great ones. Uh, one of the things I think in the last few years that I've noticed is a lot of these labels or kind of promoter brands have really been stepping their game up, you know, on the live event side, whether it's like the Elrose of the world or Circle Loco. Yeah. I'm curious, you know, for you, are there any labels or just kind of branded events that you'd love to be a part of? Well, uh, I'm a huge fan of Circle Loco. I just love the whole brand, the whole idea be behind that. And uh, that would be something that, that would uh, trigger me. So, um, of course, Circle Loco, um, 
I really, uh, no, we didn't release it yet. The, the pop track that uh, I did with Nick, we signed that on uh, FFRR on Pete Talk's label. And uh, that was also something that I always wanted. They also do a lot of great music. And well, there are many, you know, that's also a thing that I, um, of course, I'm hunting the good labels, but you know, it's like, um, you have to, I have, I have to deliver first. Uh, it's, it's like a, it's like a, there are, it's like a stairs, you know, and you get up more up, up, up. And, and the more I, I deliver and the more is coming, you know, and, and that's how it also started. Yeah, man. It's, I mean, it's, it's a, just like a journey and it feels like, you know, I know, especially with someone like you, like, I'm sure this is going to lead to a really great successful career. Cause it seems like every time you achieve something, you're like, all right, now I need more. And you know, when you have that mentality, yeah, you get kind of addicted. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it makes sense. You always want to be no, taking it to the next in, level. In, in the end, um, I think, uh, as a, as a, artist and producer you should have just a, a bright horizon and not just have the tunnel vision and yeah and just do i like to do cool stuff whatever is cool i'm in you know and yeah i i mean that's why i respect the big guys like nick fanciulli i mean let's be honest he doesn't had to he didn't have to work with me i mean he, he is on a level which he can say, okay, who's that? But that's what I appreciate. And I'm the same guy. If I see someone making great music, I would love to support him or do a track together, you know? And that's how it is. And that's how it should be in the whole scene. Definitely. I mean, I think it's part of the reason, obviously not everybody is like that, but you know, for the most part, the community kind of around electronic music is so strong. And, and even, you know, compared to other kinds of music, it's like the ability to be able to, the, I think the way, just the way that, you know, it, it works where when you're performing live, it's yeah, not yeah, this expectation right. of like, I only want to hear your songs. And some of the best DJ sets are, you know, the ones where they're playing all stuff you've never heard. Um, yeah. I'm curious, you know, for you, as we're kind of finishing up here, you know, when you look forward, on the live side of things, um, you know, in, in a perfect world, uh, do you have goals for kind of the live performance, whether it's, you know, a visual aspect or having a live aspect to your set yeah. or, you know, keeping it in terms of just doing DJ sets? Well, um, of course, DJing, just, just making music. And I mean, when I was a kid, when I started to make music, I always had this goal to once I want to go to the Grammys. <laughs> uh, this is something, yeah, which which I really would like to achieve, but it's it's a long journey till then. Maybe, who knows, maybe it's going to happen tomorrow. Maybe <laughs> it's going to happen in five or 10 years, but it's definitely not going to happen uh, when if you don't try it, you know? So, yeah, that would be something. And of course, just, just make people happy with my music. Definitely. Well, uh, the la the last question I got for you is just, uh, I just have to ask, do you have any, uh, plans to tour in the fall and are we going to catch you in the States anytime soon? Yeah, uh, I'm planning. I mean, I'm planning now with, uh, with, uh, analog, uh, for December. 
uh, going to play at the Club Wall with Nick Fanciulli. Uh, it's during the Art Basel time. Mm-hmm. So definitely that time. And of course, maybe we have to fix the whole visa thing, you know, And but definitely in the States, it's going to be, uh, I'm going to be there. Yeah, pretty soon. <laughs> awesome, man. Well, we really look forward to having you here. And uh, thank you so much for taking the time today. This was really thank great. Thank you for having um, me. Appreciate learning more about your career. It's an awesome story. And uh, really looking Thanks, forward man. to hearing more of your music. Thank you, too. (laughs) Awesome, man. All right, well, I'll let you go, okay? You have a good one. Thank you. Thanks. Bye-bye.